The federal budget was a window on a view of the world taken by those who we elected into power. It's best not looked at in individual terms because there are things in it that you liked and things in it that you didn't like, things in it you understood where, what, what the purpose was and things that didn't make any sense. There was the job maker program, which seemed to offer, particularly to younger people, an opportunity to get back into the job uh, market. There was a billion dollars put aside for university research programs, which seemed like a really good thing to me. There were support payments to pensioners and people on other benefits. There were tax cuts to high income earners. Tax cuts to everybody, but the high income earners got to keep theirs. The rest of us, we just get it for a short while. So things you liked and things you didn't like, but it was, it was a, a view of the world taken by a group of people who were elected because they believe that government should have less involvement in people's lives and private industry should have more. And it's a view that you could take. It's not the view that the Labour Party would take to the same extent, but it's a view of the whole world. It's a whole world view that's hidden behind a budget. And it always is. Which is why it's important to look at the detail, but it's important also to think about it as a bigger picture. I think we should look at the Beatitudes, which is what we call those sayings that we've just heard, in a bit the same way. We can look at some of the individual sayings, and that has great value, but behind it is a world view that Jesus has, an understanding he has about the way the world truly is and ought to be, that is is hidden in, in behind it, or is made clear by it, both ways. Because the Beatitudes are not a personal, religious, private thing that you sort of tick off. They're things that you believe and then you sort of say, well, I I'm, I'm do them more or less uh, depending on where you're up to in your life. They're not lessons to be learned or things to be done. As I suggested in the little article in the Clayton, they're not like badges that you get to put on your sleeve when you join the Girl Guides or the Boy Scouts. The ones who were blessed, particularly in the beginning part, the first three of the Beatitudes, the ones who were blessed are blessed in the middle of their pain. Maybe even because they're in pain. The Beatitudes are a description of the way God sees the world. And many scholars suggest the word blessed should be replaced because it doesn't, it's a very old English word that doesn't, isn't used in the way that we use it now, or wasn't used in the way we use it now. We might be better off saying that we call these, this word would be better translated as honoured. So rather than Blessed are the poor in spirit. Honoured are the poor in spirit. Because to be blessing is a sort of a private, personal thing. But honoured is a public thing. Obviously, you can't be honoured unless everybody knows you've been honoured for an award or, or, or whatever. So honoured, Jesus says, are the poor in spirit. Honoured are those without any hope. Honoured are those at the lowest possible ebb of their life. Those people are honoured. That's the worldview that Jesus has. Honoured are those who mourn. Mourn for loved ones, for things that could have happened in life and haven't. Those who are sort of mired in the loss and the pain of it. 
those who are mourning for the loss of what we're doing to the earth, the deep pain of mourning that many of us carry for much of our lives, people that we've lost, things that have not happened, people who were there in mourning, people who were there poor in spirit, and honoured of the meek. Honoured are the meek. Now we use the word meek to mean gentle and kind and humble, and that's a good use of the word. But there's another use, and many scholars think that this is what the use is meant here. It can also mean being trampled on, being used up, being without any power at all. And the people that Jesus was talking to much of the time were the poorest of the poor, the lowest of the low. Honoured are those who have been trampled on. These are things that you don't choose to have happen to you. You don't mean to be in mourning. You just are. You don't mean to be without hope or to have depression, the illness of depression. Nobody chooses that. Nobody chooses to be powerless. No woman in a situation of domestic violence chooses for that to have happened. That wasn't the plan when she chose to be with that man. That was never part of the plan. It just happens. You don't want to be there, but you are there. And those people, those of us who are in those situations, we're honoured. It's a different view of the world, isn't it, that we often talk about. It's not those trying not to be these things I'm overcoming my mourning or I've got past the death of... Whoever wants to get past the death of someone you loved? You want to carry that with you. You don't suddenly stop being depressed because you've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You don't suddenly stop being powerless. In the middle of that, Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They, there's being, they are, if you like, under the imprimatur, the, the blessing, the, the covering of a different way of seeing the world. What we talked about last week is the law, L-A-W stroke, law, L-O-R-E. The whole view of the world that God has. They will experience themselves as part of something different. They are honoured. Changes everything. They'll, they will be the ones who will be comforted, the ones who mourn. They will be, even in the middle of grief, there will be comfort. They will inherit the earth. How do you inherit something? Don't die before the person who has the stuff. That's all you've got to do. Try and stay alive until your wealthy uncle drops dead. All, all of my uncles are now dead. None of them had a brass razu, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for another opportunity. <laughs> That's all you've got to do to inherit. You don't have to do anything. It just appears. It is theirs for doing nothing other than being there. But hope will come. This is the way God sees the world in Jesus. And then the second half of the, the, the Beatitudes, everyone who studies it has noticed that they kind of, one is about the situation people are in and, an, and the other part of it is about what people are, are doing, where the energy is. So the question is, what is the world of God like? Where's the energy? Where does God put God's energy? Or if you 
are uncomfortable with talking about God as a sort of a personality, a, a person in the way we talk about ourselves. Where's the dynamism of the divinity? Where is the energy of the universe? Where's the direction of things going? Well, according to these little sayings of Jesus, into justice, mercy, reconciliation and truth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice because they will be filled. And this isn't people who wouldn't mind a bit of justice, but they're hungry and thirsty. And when you're hungry and thirsty, that is all you can think about. That is the first thing that you need before anything else. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is the direction of the world according to Jesus. That God is moving in this direction. That moving in the direction of justice, of mercy, of reconciling people to each other, making peace, and of bringing out truth. Because when you see God, you see truth. All of these things are happening together. All of them are moving in this direction. This is the world that Jesus is talking about. So behind it, like the federal budget, has a whole set of assumptions behind it. Behind each of these is this assumption that God is bringing the world into something extraordinary. These people saw it in bits and pieces. We see it in bits and pieces. We do have a hope that one day it won't be bits and pieces. It won't be off and on. In our experience, it will be everything there is. Martin Luther King always had this saying that he he said a couple of times in speeches, and you will have heard it, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And I wonder, because I I couldn't figure out what he meant, because there wasn't that much justice um, in, up until 1968 when he was assassinated, not much after that. And we've seen riots on the streets of America um, because African-American people still feeling completely disenfranchised in, a, in the wider community. But the arc of the moral universe, I wonder whether he had somehow inculcated the words and the experience behind the Beatitudes so that he was seeing there is this extraordinary movement that... 2,000 years ago was being talked about and it's a long arc and we've got to be patient and as King said in one of his speeches I might not get there with you but we're going there that's what Jesus is doing here he's bringing us into this experience and he is probably channeling one of the ancient prophets of hundreds of years before the prophet Micah who said What is it to love God is to do justice. What is true religion is to do justice, love mercy and walk humbly with God. I mean that's stitched right into this whole experience. This is where Jesus' energy comes from. This is where his life comes from. This is where his ability to stand up to power and authority right till the very end and to overcome it all is because behind his life is this whole world view that God is about justice, mercy, reconciliation and truth. And we have to see it 
over and over again. I have to be reminded of it like five or six times an hour because I, it just dissipates. It's, it's like water on a hot day. It's one minute it's there, the next minute it's gone and I don't know what happened to it. And I have to remind myself of it again. I have to read it again. I have to tell myself it again because... And I have to gather with you lot again because otherwise I'll keep forgetting it and eventually I'll get to the point where I don't accept this is true at all, that I'm not honoured when I'm in pain. I'm not honoured when I'm mourning. I'm not honoured when I'm depressed. None of those things are true anymore. I'm just hopeless and pointless. So I have to be reminded of it again and again because it's so strange to me. It's so unusual that I would be this person, that you would be. The mark, the arc of the moral universe is long. But it bends towards justice. So be it.